was a beach party for the ages on Saturday night at Central Coast Stadium. Central Coast Mariners and Sydney FC putting on a show, but in particular, our Sky Blues. Your two hosts tonight, Sean Maloney and Jonathan Finger, were both there. And uh, we've just taken the Hawaiian shirts off, Sean. They've just come off. Um, saturated in victory. Best Saturday night I've had in a long time. I I felt very satisfied by the end of it. And you, you didn't even have the company of a fine-looking lady. No. Um, <laughs> just like me in, in real life, the first 20 minutes is always the best. <laughs> 100% stud. Show yeah. off. Uh, what a wonderful game of football. What a wonderful night. Uh, just the two of us tonight, the OGs, Sean, the, the, the OG hosts of Sky Blue Stories. Um, we had an awesome chat earlier with Jimmy Van Weeren because the NPL season kicks off this week. Uh, one of our favourite times of the year. So stay tuned for that or skip ahead if you don't like listening to us waffle on. Um, otherwise, we'll talk about uh, the women's game very quickly because Sean and I were both on a train when that game was happening live, obviously up to the Central Coast. Um, but uh, before we get to all of that, Sean, let's do Around the Grounds. Well, uh, Courtney and Jada find themselves back in the Matildas squad or the 23-player mm. squad qualifies dos games, two games against Matildas. Uh, that was Bekistani's. Um, thankfully, because it's an international window, they won't miss a game for us. Mm, mm, Our two mm. beloved Jada and Courtney. So congratulations to the girls for making the Matildas squad for the qualifiers against Uzi. Pretty, pretty surprised not to see Indiana Dos Santos and Maddie Caspers in there, but... What are you gonna do? Ah, yeah. Next time. <laughs> um, as John mentioned, uh, MPL season is back. Uh, I'm very excited about this. Uh, for me personally, I've got uh, well, Rockdale, the Linden. You know, mm. whether, whether they're playing Rockdale or the boys are uh, having their home ground out from that. I've got Seymour Shaw, Stones Throw Away, and I can't remember the name of the. I'm pretty sure St George play out of there. The mm. one next door to Hurstville Aquatic Centre. On uh, King George's Road, the name it's not Penshurst Park; it's something else. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Season's back. Uh, you'll see the likes of Zach De Jesus, uh, Amanatides, Hayden Matthews. Who else am I missing? Jonathan, Tiago, uh, Carl, um, Joe Lacey. Joe Lacey. Many, many, many. We actually spoke to Jimmy about a few players individually that we think will will have a pretty big impact in that in that squad. Um, Coming up, so yeah, no, super excited. Um, yeah, well done. I say gambate, gambate, gambate. There you go, there you go. Um, I think it is Penshurst Park, by the way. I think that's the one you, you're thinking um, of. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. So super excited. It, it gives us another game on the weekend to potentially get to, and, and especially around Sydney, um, or possibly down to the Gong. Uh, great time of year, Sean. Uh, enjoy the the autumn. Are we coming into autumn soon? Is that, yeah. Is that the season? Yeah, autumn sunshine. Well, uh, did I remember right? NPL dot New South Wales TV is not a NPL dot. Is that yeah. a thing? Oh, yeah, correct. They're not a thing anymore. So it's yeah. all back on YouTube. So you should be able to watch it from anywhere. Um, yeah, be great. Uh, speaking of things not existing anymore, that's just an <laughs> unintentional segue, but works out nicely. Bye bye. Keep up. <laughs> um, you're here for a, a short time, not a good time. Oh, it was fairly good. I don't know. Uh, March one, they're being decommissioned. So, uh, yeah. eleven billion dollars in that. It, it has went know. away. Yeah, it has went. It has went away. Um, I just, uh, I put that on the run sheet because that irked me. And grammar is very important. <laughs> they uh, fixed it. Come they did fix it. I think after I replied it. to their tweet, it was uh, post has went. So for context, provide the context, Sean. Oh, look, talk. you know, very funny. Peak A-League. There's so much <laughs> A-League on the weekend. Uh, the girls' bus going to the wrong ground, which looked like a shithole paddock. Um, and uh, nicely, a bit of a public service announcement. Jumps. Uh, I hope that's not Robbie. I really like you, mate. Um, <laughs> whoever it was. Whoever it was. Um, you know, the, the girls' bus has went to the wrong venue, and I'm like, hang it on. Was- it's, imagine being in the imagine being in the the shoes of the, the the social media person who did this right, and you're just sitting there having a good time. You're probably 
probably at the Central Coast game or, or on your way and you get a phone call through and you'd be like, oh, yeah, something minor's just happened. Um, just went to the wrong ground. I thought about Sean Maloney uh, noticing uh, the, the the very poor grammatical error. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got to deal with Sean, yeah, Sean Maloney. That's, it. that's right. Keyboard that's warrior. Right. Um, but that's it for around the grounds. Um, yeah, done and dusted for another week. Short and sweet. Lovely. I like it. I like it. Speaking of uh, turning up at the wrong ground, Sean, let's go straight into talking about the girls' result um, against Melbourne City on the weekend. As we said, it was Saturday afternoon. We will talk a little bit briefly this week. Unfortunately, um, you and I putting our hands up here, we've we've sort of only watched the, the mini-match, so didn't get to suck it all in um, live and, and get the feel for the match. But... Um, a few talking points. Um, we keep hitting the post, which seems to be a thing. Um, but from all reports, uh, Sydney FC put on a pretty good performance, a um, bit of a dominant performance against an understrength Melbourne City who are top of the table. Um, unfortunately, though, Sean, it's another case of couldn't hit the back of the net. Yeah, uh, a little bit of like, you know, history of this season, this repeating itself, uh, part in the cliches but you know dominating game we had like 19 shots to two we absolutely just smoked them all over them like a cheap soup and mm. just you know post getting close we had a golden opportunity with a pen where the beanie stepped up two weeks in a row she's misfired uh, maybe chuck it to somebody else next time uh maddie caspers she can't do no wrong <laughs> yeah, exactly. or maca even um exactly. but yeah it's on one hand, I'd say it's really frustrating. You you deserve more than just taking one point away from a game. Mm. But then I'm trying to look at it like a glass half full in that we went to went away, to game delayed by half an hour because the, the bus has went to the wrong ground. Mm. Um, top of the table to be so dominant against the top of the table team and all the other factors I just mentioned, okay, might not be such a bad thing. That's what I'm Yeah. Thinking. I'm just um I, I won't even I, I, I can't work computers, so I won't put it in the chat for you, Sean. But uh 19 shots, Sydney FC. Yeah. To two. Yeah. Just all eight, over. Eight on target, seven of them blocked. Um yeah. I imagine it's been a very frustrating season for the girls and for Ante Urich. I imagine Ante is, has just about had enough, right? I, I, I'm sure, and this is no disrespect to to the girls who have been playing in that front three, but I'm sure he is looking forward to potentially getting some of those bodies back. Mm. Um, whether it's just so he can try something different or, you know, potentially put a bit of pressure on the, some players that maybe haven't had that pressure because there's not really any other options for him. Um, but Sydney, you know, we we... We obviously watch these games with a, a bias uh, eye, Sean, but, you know, we there should be a few games here that we haven't taken three points. We've taken one. Um, and, yeah, so it must be extremely frustrating uh, to be only three points behind on the ladder. And, unfortunately, it, 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 it could cost us because of this new stupid most wins rule rather yeah. than points and goals, goal difference but um, well there's six games to go Jono. so the the yeah. series is is on the horizon about a month and a half out uh yeah. chasing our fourth premiership in a row so it's not with not it's not out of reach it's um, not having beaten city would have helped you know bring it uh, closer to our grass um, six pointer um, six pointer yeah. so oh well um we got well, a game against Canberra, but we'll dissect that in a in a moment's time. We do have a game against Canberra, and we've we've gone um, win draw win draw. So hopefully that pattern continues. Yeah, but, um, we'll talk about that in a bit. Let's um, let's talk to our favourite away day of the year, Sydney FC versus Central Coast Mariners, Sean, and uh, we were pleasantly surprised. I think I was fucking shocked. I. <laughs> Did I call a loss last week? I think I called a loss. Of you like you had no faith. Um, yeah. I, I also said, I no, no, I said 3-1. Loss. Shut up. Um, 
but like that that blitzkrieg of the first twenty odd minutes um, was just uh, was rapid fire. Uh, I doubt many of the crowd expected that was going to happen. Both those in yellow and navy and those in sky blue mm. alike. So, mm. and the first bit, of them coming within the first five minutes. Bit tentative before the game. Any Mariners fans you sort of um, ran into and. You know, they have their pot shots and you sort of just go, oh, no, like, you know, you guys should really smack us the way you're playing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, uh, shot, but, I mean, what a what an opening to the game. And it it got the crowd going and and, and the cove was brilliant and it, it just kept up throughout the uh, throughout the whole game. Yeah, nice. A uh, little bit of an interesting lineup, I thought, to, to start mm. the game. With both Wood and Fabs starting, but look, it, when you when you're scoring in the first minute, uh, sorry, fourth minute, uh, AC, you know, reworking, putting the cross back in. I think it was from a corner, and then um, mm. Ryan, you know, there near the back post and getting his his noggin onto it. Yeah, um, goes up to VAR. You know, did Fabs get a little bit of a, a toenail to it? Was there a little bit of interference there? But VAR, fantastic. Thing device that thing is VAR. Yeah, it. It, it was another great set piece. I think it was Bratz that ended up lobbing it sort oh, of back it? off 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 AC's corner. Um, not dissimilar to Jordan Courtney Perkins's goal against Victory, Sean, uh-huh. where we just sort of set piece off the corner and put it in amongst uh, the rabble there. And Ryan, as he's done a couple of times this season now, uh, is is the most alert there. Um, and, Johnny on and the spot. The Johnny in the spot, very agile and reacts perfectly well. And then we didn't have to wait long. No. Not long at all. We had barely sat down, had barely stopped swinging our inflatable sex doll. Stop. We barely had stopped swinging around Jas- the, the, the pool Jasmine. noodles. Uh, Jasmine, Jasmine, it was. Yeah. Yeah, uh, apparently so. Yep. Treat, us, treat her gently, boys. I mean, I mean, so I've been told. Yes. Um, eighth minute, AC gets on the board. Lovely ball through from from Corey to, to AC, who was just absolutely on fire on Saturday night. He he was dancing. It's, it's almost like something Both put a fire people. in him. Something put a fire in him. It's a sky blue stories of old, Sean. We Yeah, we talked people. Although we didn't we didn't really talk him down. I think well, we I did. think I think our discussion last <laughs> I think our discussion last week, um, for those that didn't listen, um yeah, we're just questioning, you know, what sort of role he's playing now, and and whether that is, you know, to to create and score, or or whether it's something else in 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 Taliban ball. Um, but it, mate, he was absolutely on fire, uh, yeah, and what a lovely he, what a lovely finish. When he's on, he, he's hard to stop, and he's the kind of player, and that's what we were kind of calling for last week. Is he's a kind of player that can influence the outcome of games. Mm. Um, that can have a massive impact and can be one of the best players in the comp. Um, do we see that week in, week out? No mm. reasons why we'll put them aside well, and just wax lyrical about his performance. Well, I think I think one of the reasons is what you alerted, alluded to, Sean, the, the lineup. So it was definitely, you know, with, with Fabio and Wood, um, I think I said to you during the game, could have been a return to the... Two, two, two. Uh, it could have been a return there. Uh, so maybe, maybe we've we've done something slightly different there. But twentieth uh, minute comes and it's at, it's that man again. It's AC again, um, dazzling down the left. Uh, pumped the ball into the box from a pretty close sort of angle. He probably could have shot himself, um, but saw some support coming down the middle in Paddy Wood and. Um, Dan Hall could do nothing but uh, deflect it into his own net. And look, you know, you could say, oh, it's an own goal, but 99% of that work or 95% you know, of that goal had been created by the boys wearing a sky blue jersey, namely um, Anthony Caceres. So um, if, if it was an own goal, probably does lean in the in the path of Fabs and mm. you know, he tucks Woody. it away. So, or Woody. So, um <sighs> 29th minute, Jonathan, PK Do you think before that? All right. Do, okay. do you think um, we we talked last week about Mariners having their third game in you know seven days yes. or something? I think it's clearly had an effect on on the first half of that game. Mm. 
Uh, we were very good. We were very good, but I, I think we just caught them a bit, uh, a bit napping, you know, and and maybe some maybe some tired bodies there um, for us to get that, and then. Um, Danny Vukovic made a tired mistake, and we could have gone four 0 up, but we didn't. Do you want to like? What what do you want to say with this, Jonathan? You you were with, um, with what with what? You were very more um, positive, and <laughs> talk, talk talk go go the positive angle. I'll I'll refer, so I'll let's talk it. let's talk about the miss. Uh, yeah. I don't think we need to heard across the world. I think it was heard across Long the viral. world. Although I did, I did like the, I did like the clip that someone put up with uh, Torres and you know Henri and Aguero missing just as easy, um, if not easier, sort of tap-ins. Yeah. But um, but yeah, oh, poor Paddy, poor Paddy Wood um, couldn't find a shovel big enough to bury himself or dig a hole. Uh, Vukovic, basically uh, from from the press, uh, completely stuffs up. Loses the ball, Paddy Wood. Um, forgot, forgot he had a left foot, and yeah, the rest is history. Uh, my positive spin on that is he created the chance with his press, and potentially, if that's another player, maybe maybe that chance doesn't come. But um, that is being extremely optimistic. It was a fucking shocking miss, Paddy. He knows that. Um, I'm sure the boys have have told him that. Uh, so yeah, but but I just thought, you know, every he's going to absolutely cop it here, and and maybe fair enough on this occasion. But you know, if that's if that's someone else that's not pressing that way, you you know, the chance doesn't come. So just keep that in mind. Okay, I won't I won't say anything then. What's your take on it, Sean? Oh, look, uh, <laughs> you twisted my arm. Ah. Uh, Player Should of Alaba, his job is there to score goals. Yes, I understand the whole thing about making the press and creating that opportunity, but the player at the top tier of what is Australian football uh, should be what's the word? Um, you got we've got ambidextrous for uh, hands. I don't know if there's an, an equivalent or the same mm. term can be applied, but it should be, be eating. Able, it should be should eating that up and leaving no crumbs. Uh, eight and left no crumbs. So he should have used his left foot, or, or at the very least, the outside of the right foot, or just scored with his right foot as well. Yeah, um, well, scored with right foot too. Uh, as and and as people might say to my um, very optimistic assessment, you know, anyone can fucking run fast. You got to actually be able to put the ball in the net, you know. So yeah, terrible. Would have been four nil and good night if it wasn't already. Uh, and that was still 30 minutes still hadn't come up on the clock. So, uh, and it, you know, it would have been a real nice, uh, real nice sort of confidence booster for him as well. So that would have killed the game off. Um, we're going to the half though, three nil up Jonathan. Uh, we do. And early ish in the second half, um, Mariners certainly started the second half with a bit of fire in their belly, trying to claw back that three goal deficit. Um, and then what was a 56 odd minute? Um, Torres, uh, with a nice mm. ball from Storm Roo, uh, gets, gets one back from for the Mariners, which you know, that kind of two goal deficit can be a little bit, um, anxiety, mm, precarious, yep. yeah, yep. precarious kind of lead. So, it did, did make for a little bit of an interesting remaining 30 odd minutes, um. But the boys held tight, did their job. I didn't really feel other than that than Redders, you know, us conceding that goal. Mm. That Redders was particularly tested that night. You know, mm. they had very little to do. And so hats off to all eleven players that were on the field at any given time. And um particular hats off to a very young defensive yeah. line. Very young defensive line with the likes of, of Jake. Um, Hayden Matthews, of course, uh, the very young and handsome Ryan Grant, and of course everyone's favourite <laughs> JCP. I think Ryan brought the average age up to to, yeah. to twenty twenty eight. No, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, another good game from JCP. Yeah, they all they all played very well. Three um, one, I think we maybe faded a little bit in the second half, um, but 
you know, when you've done what you you, you have in that first 45, then, you know, you sort of deserve, I, I guess, to to give up a little bit of possession. Um, it was unfortunate all the goals were at the other end, Sean. But, yeah, um, what's with that? But that's all right. That's all right. Um, what can you do? Uh, can we back it up, though? That's that's that, that's a big question now. The big question is, can we back that up? Um, again, you you know, we play like that in the first 45, Sean. I think... Um, you know, we we go pretty pretty close to beating most teams. It was it was just wonderful, um, wonderful structured press, and uh, yeah, good finishing. So great um, game, very happy. Before we move on to votes and whatnot, oh, uh, yeah. It, and and this was a little bit of homework. I thought Rowdy could do because I can't. I don't know how to do stats and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Maxi was an unused sub. And I thought it was very strange that Max Burgess did not get onto the field at any point during the game, not start, mm. not get onto the field. We're just so used to since Max has come back uh, to us. Well, how many seasons about this would be about his third I, season now with us? Yeah, I reckon maybe you're coming back from injury or something. I'll come back from injury, yeah. But like that's all well and well and done now. Um, and just not to come on at all. I just thought that was strange. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I because he's more of an attacking player. We're already up three one, and you know, kind of more or less like kind of more about protecting the lead rather than you know going four five six. Mm. Oh, am I reading into things? And then maybe Uffy's got a different plan for for Max in the sense of he's not in his plans, and other players are. Well, maybe no, that's just no. for the CCM game and that and that yeah. yeah formation that he had. I don't know. Yeah, you might be looking too far into it. I, I I think I think Max is still, you know, he's one of the one of the most talented and creative footballers we've got. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what the the next few rounds bring. Um, thankfully, Sean, I'm I'm going to do Rowdy's homework for him. Okay, yeah. Because the wonderful sfcstatistics.com has oh. your question covered. Has your question covered? So the last time Max was an unused substitute was like two weeks ago. Asian Asian Champions League against Yo count. Yokohama F Marinos in 2022. That doesn't count. I'm talking about A League. Okay, A League. Oh God. Um, not since he was at the club previously. You are correct. Oh, see. You are correct. We need a royal commission into this. This is our well done. well done. Yeah, a couple of times in the ACL. It's um, yeah, interesting start. That's it's very curious. Very curious. I knew I was onto something. Yeah. Hey, what did um, what did Roy O'Donovan say that you disagreed with? Uh oh, just you know, our sometimes co-host uh, Nick Rojas um, was responding something to Roy O'Donovan. Very sometimes. Yeah, very, very sometimes. Yeah. yeah, still alphabetizing that <laughs> collection. Um, that Roy Donovan was saying that AC should be in the mix for making the Socceroos with mm, games like that. No. And and Nick went and and apologies, Nick, I'm paraphrasing. Um, he's a very good player, and we're very happy to have him at the club. But but no, no. No. He might have been more in talks going back, a, you know, a few years ago when we yeah. were you know, on, on top of the pops of the A-League and, 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 and winning toilet seats and whatnot. Maybe he would have been more closer to those kind of conversations. But, um, no, there's just – and respectfully to AC, there's just – Absolutely respectfully. Um, just, uh, how, how do I say without sounding like an arsehole, but they just they, there's better calibre of players out there currently for well yeah and there's probably quite a few younger players ahead of him as well to be to be fair um you know ac's on his way to 32 um and yeah you're i think you're right sean i think a couple of years ago when he was carrying this on his back mm. um that that certainly was a time where you sort of went oh he could um could certainly make make the squad and, and do an improve and make an improvement here but yeah i think i think that's probably closed. That window's probably closed for AC, and yeah, he he would you, you'd want him to be doing that performance for half a season, yeah. <laughs> at least. You know, 
um, to to do that. But um, yeah, I'm not saying that's beyond him, but yeah. Uh, votes. Votes. Um, I was pretty impressed with that man. Um, seeing as we just told him his Socceroos career is over, um, we'll give uh, AC three. Um, give Hayden Matthews two, and I will give. I'll give Jake Girdwood-Reich one as well. Go the defenders. I'm the same, bar the last. So three for uh, AC, two for Hayden Matthews, and and one for Bratz. Nice. Bratz. I still, yeah, I, th- I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but Bratz has certainly come on since the start of the season. He's, you know... A bit he, of a slow start, but... Yeah. yeah, he obviously had that back complaint and, yeah, but he just seems to be, he seems to be back to that tempo setting, you know, uh, leader, leadership sort of style of play, which is, which is brilliant. Um, so, yeah, great to see. All right. Well, Sean... Uh, we've got a couple of games coming up on the weekend. The men will stick to them first. Adelaide United at Allianz Stadium. A bit of a chance for some revenge after the showing in Unite round. Um, only, what's that, a month ago? Yeah. Uh, maybe less. 6pm uh, kickoff on Saturday. What are we expecting? Adelaide have not been great um, of late. Um, but they've certainly obviously got the, the, the talent and the players there that, yeah. to turn it on, as we saw with, you know, Ibasuki tearing us a new one um, not so long ago. I just don't know which Adelaide United we're going to get. <laughs> you know, there's like real kind of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of vibes coming from them. You know, we could get them and do them 5-1 or we could get them and they do us 5-1. Have, have they been that way, like, forever? Or is it just me? Like they, Only this season. They're just, yeah... You're right. They're so hot and cold. Um, yeah, I mean, as you said, we, you know, we absolutely spanked them um, at Hindmarsh earlier in the season, and then it was a pretty terrible performance we put in in Unite round. Uh, even though I think we came back and the scoreline flattered us. Was it four three in the end, or yes, four three or four two? Um, what was their most recent result? Was that that loss? Their loss to Marin? They drew with glory um, in the last minute, sort of thing. Last kick of the game, they were losing three two um, at home. I uh, so I thought they they'd get the chocolates there. So they're still scoring goals, but they're obviously conceding a lot as well. And they lost a few players in the uh, January window. So they lost Popovich, um, Gauchi, obviously. Um, so that 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 would you know upset the tempo there, but I I just think if if we can do what we did uh, on the weekend, we we should we should win this game. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite confident that the boys. I reckon it's going to be. A, I was going to say a clean sheet, um, but I'm confident that we can go back to back. Um, two Saturdays in a row and, and get the chocolates here. Maybe like a two-one win. Um, what do you reckon? Dragon the same lineup, or yeah, I was wondering what. Well, I, I don't see why not. Uh, barring injury um, or anything like that, uh, if it kind of you know, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Um, with Fabs, I mean, our bench was uh, our bench was stacked on the weekend. Well, it was a very strong yeah, bench. Max Max Purchase, Robbie Mack. Jaden Kacharski. Yeah. Um, you know. But, I, but uh, I think... One player... Yeah, sorry, one player, just as we're talking about the bench, that came off the bench and I thought actually had a really good impact was Matty Scarisella. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't mention. Uh, he probably got the most minutes, I think, he's he, so far for a performance for him off the bench. Um, he was great. Some of the... There was one carry in particular where he picked it up in our own half and and took it nearly all the way to, to goals. Um. Great run. Anyway, sorry, just a bit of a side note there. Oh, no, um, his dad was very uh, appreciative of your tweet. I could, I could. Um, no, he did. He did very well. So, so we might see a bit more of him in the weeks to come. Um, I'd be happy if they went with the same same lineup. Why not? To be honest, no. Yeah. If 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 it worked, um, and then yeah, yeah. And then look, you got options and impact off the bench. God forbid, if if needed, with the likes of Mac, 
Burgess and, and JK and the like. Yeah, Mac, return yeah. of the Mac. Yeah. Um, because I thought I thought Mac would have come straight back into the starting lineup, to be honest, but um, he 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 didn't, and then he sort of came on and played a bit of a bit more of an unfamiliar role, didn't he? Mm. Um, up top, so be interesting to see what what if he does, and like you said, you know, it's probably not reading into anything; it's probably just slight tweak, um, slight tweak, and we needed some consistency, and we still need some consistency, so. Yeah, hopefully we can we can back it up and and get the win. I um, whew, I think there'll be goals. I'll say three two to Sydney. Yeah, I think I we'll we'll win, one. but I don't. Uh, I still don't see us keeping Adelaide to zero. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Prove us wrong. Uh, meanwhile, in the nation's capital. Uh, on the same afternoon, in fact, kicking off just an hour before. So it's going to be another challenge to watch both games live. Uh, Sydney FC and the women's take on Canberra United for the yeah. second time in the season. They came up to Leichhardt not too long ago and and took a point away, unfortunately. Um, it was really the Michelle Heyman and Vesna Milojevic show um, for those two that night. And... Yeah, McKellar Park, 5 o'clock on Saturday. We know our lovely co-host Michelle will be down there, as will, uh, I'm sure, some other A-League women fans. Stop Michelle Heyman win the game? Is that what we're doing? More or less, yeah, just outscore them. Um, <laughs> look, uh, camera coming off a couple of good weeks with a, a couple of weekends ago beating Melbourne City. They had a they almost could have should have beat Perth over the weekend, albeit for a very mm. Perth goal. Um, with that game ending two all. Um, maybe on 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 the also now they've got maybe that bit of buoyancy from um, Michelle Heyman getting picked in the Matildas mm-hmm. might, might give the girls a little bit of an uplift. Uh, maybe so. Look, they're they're rock bottom, right down at the bottom of the table. They've conceded more, you know, thirty three goals against, thirty goals for, um, head and shoulders above any other team when it comes to goals against. Oh no, Adelaide are very close second. I take that back. Mm. Um, maybe the girls will be smarting that they didn't win last weekend against City, where they could have, should have had. Might be an opportunity to bang a few goals in. Um, six games to go, first place, not out of reach. There's a lot to play for in this game. Um, it's a big game, and it's the kind of game where, when you're playing yeah. last place, these are the game you have to take three points. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we and the fact that we failed to do so at Leichhardt, that was one of those games earlier, Sean, that I was talking about that we really should have won, um, along with you know, along with Perth away. Um, which we drew, as well as you know, the Mariners absolutely stealing their way to to points against us at Leichhardt. So there's been quite a few, um, but ho- hopefully that gives them a bit of confidence that you know they they should be clear. We we should be clear at the top, um, Sydney FC. So yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully Jada, Talia, and, and Jasmine Black are, are getting lots of uh, practice this week in goals uh, with the girls practicing their finishing, Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I imagine Ante Barrientri would go with the same lineup. Um, I think that four is well and truly set in stone now with Jordan Thompson joining Charlotte McLean mm. in centre of defence. You know, Maka, Shea, and and Maddie Caspers. I still think there might be potential for a little movement up top, not necessarily Princess or Courtney, but. And I think Indiana had a fine game from what mm. I saw with the, the highlights package and extended highlights. But I still think maybe Ante's thinking I, I need a little bit extra firepower up front, a little mm-hmm. bit extra something. So if an 18 Kane could potentially come back yeah. into that starting lineup, I think Abby, like you've mentioned previous weeks, is maybe mm. her role is that utility impact off the bench kind of gal. Yeah, um, yeah so maybe seeing... Um, 18 Keen. Nice. Yeah, no, I don't or, mind that. Or Shea's not far away, I think. Would be bench this week, yeah. but I think it's still touch and go. Um, squads should come out uh, as people are listening to this, I imagine. Um, 
but yeah, I just like you said, Sean. I think it is such a critical game. I think if we're serious about getting the premiers plate, we have to win this. I know it's only three points. I just, you know, we we have to win this game. Um, so I think it'll be an extremely tight affair, like the like the home fixture at Leichhardt. But I think we'll we'll get up two one. I think I think we'll just do enough to to hold them out. Um, that's what I'm hoping anyway. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say three uh, two, and we'll get the win three two. Yeah, I just like I said, I. If we only draw, or if we lose, uh, you know, maybe we reassess and sort of go. But maybe it's not; it's just not our year, you know, for for that premier's play. Um, but anyway, let's be positive. Let's hope we get the. Uh, let's hope we get the win. Six point weekend. Yeah. Good luck to the girls. Um, no, 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 no. Better back. Nine point weekend. Oh shit! Yeah, it's gonna oh, be that now. Well, speaking of, um, before we wrap up, we should introduce our chat with Jimmy Van Weeren. So, uh, Sean, did you have anything else before we let uh, past, past Sean and past Jonathan talk to Jimmy? Um, great, short, sharp, snappy uh, around the grounds and game reviews and previews by you and I, Sean. So well done. Uh, as we said, NPL is back. They take on the Northwest Sydney Spirit not the koalas. Um, this weekend, uh, Jules, you know, bit of a foot in each camp. I'll, but Mr. Baumbach. So we'll we'll see who he's supporting Arctic on the weekend. Arctic Circle, Christy. The Park. Arctic Circle, Christy Park. Um, it is again. It's uh, is it a seven o'clock kickoff or it's 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 on at the same time? I think as uh, as the A League men. So um, there'll be three Sydney FC games in action at the same time potentially, uh, which wouldn't happen too often. So all the best to them. And it was brilliant to hear from Jimmy earlier. And uh, on the other side of this, you can listen to that chat. But otherwise, we'll talk to everyone next week. Jimmy Van Weeren, welcome back to Sky Blue Stories, mate. It's been a couple of years now uh, since you graced us with your presence. In fact, it's been so long since you were on that 325 academy players have been pinched by other A-League men's teams since you were last <laughs> on. So it's quite the record. And, uh, oh, hang on, hang on. No, I'm just I'm just hearing Auckland and Canberra have just signed another three or four. Um, but, um, yeah. We've lost we've lost a lot of players, mate. You uh, This is probably your probably third appearance, I reckon, on the pod. You've yeah. been uh, semi-regular over the years. How um, how's things How's things going? Good, very good. We're uh, obviously excited. It's uh, the MPL competition uh, season's about to start for us, which is which is always exciting because we have a, a new group of young players who uh, get to test themselves against you know the second division of men's football in the country. You know, so yeah, for us as a collective group of staff, and and I'm sure for the players, everyone's really excited. Brilliant. That's, no, um, yourself. Yeah. Sorry, so I was just going to say yourself and 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 Matt Sim and Kelly and um, Nick Susco. I mean, everyone, everyone there who's been there now for a couple of years or or coming into it must be must be extremely proud. Um, you mentioned yesterday in an article, I think forty seven players coming through the Sydney FC Academy are now playing professional football, and you know, um, many of them with with our team. So y- you guys must be, you know, absolutely, uh, you know ecstatic with that yeah uh, look of, of course I think the first thing in that is you know it's not for me to sit here as the MPL coach and, and claim all the credit I'm, I'm very mindful that it's a real collective effort from you know Kelly on the top as a technical director of youth but all the way down you know technical staff support staff all the way down to the under 13s and the underpinning programs below who play a, a real major role in helping you know, uh, assist the players on their development pathway. Um, you know, it's a real collective effort, especially now when you start to see players m- making debuts for our first team who started with us in the under 13s. So, you know, they've literally come the whole way through and, and now signing professional contracts mm-hmm. like Joe Lacey with the first team and Hayden Matthews. So that's that's really pleasing to see. Obviously, in terms of the number of players, you know, we're, we're realistic. Uh, not everyone can sign for our first team. We know that. Um, for us as an academy, we just 
put our heads down every day and, and, you know, do our absolute best to help the players achieve their potential. And unfortunately, especially <laughs> in some of the fixtures this year, sometimes players that have gone to other clubs have hurt us a little bit. Too good at your job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, Jimmy, you've got, as John, I mentioned, 47 players that have come through the academy. Uh, they're amongst the A-League men's squad this year. Uh, reading some stuff that came out of the club today about the MPL side has got an even younger. I guess you're taking a bit of a, you know, a leaf out of Ante Urit's book with, you know, having such a young squad. I'm, I'm curious how you kind of manage that with having such a young squad, an even younger squad this this season, playing against players that are, you know, twice their age. Um, how do you approach that kind of dynamic, or is there something different that you instill in them, coaching wise? Yeah, look, I think there's there's two parts to that question. I think the first thing for us was to look strategically at if we want players to make an A-League debut at a younger age, I think or we thought that it made sense to try and expose them to the second tier of you know men's football in the country at the moment at a younger age again. So that was kind of the justification or rationale for the shift. But also... We're not we're not dogmatic on that. It's not um, you know something that we would want to fall victim to because players develop at all different ages. You you know Oscar Priestman, for example, has uh, played a few years of MPL but didn't make his MPL debut until he was 18. Had two years of MPL and now he's playing for the other side. Yeah, uh, that's not ideal. So every play every player has their own individual kind of um, development journey based on different ages. But for us, yeah, we we thought we have a really talented young group of players in in that age bracket. So for us, that's players born 2006, 2007. Um, Then the the second part to your question is the the challenge is how how you get a, a player who's still only 16, 17, maybe 18, ready to compete against, you know, some of the powerhouse MPL players that that A, have A-League experience and then many years of NPL experience and they have a lot of game wisdom and, and you're trying to teach a young boy very quickly to, to compete at that level. It's a challenge. Uh, it's one we enjoy, but really for us, it's, it's the ultimate reward when you see a player who comes into the MPL and... Normally they struggle a little bit, but you know, within six to twelve months they excel. Yeah. Um, that that's really the ultimate reward for us as a collective group of staff here. Yeah, because you guys have the young fellas, the young MPL teams in recent years have really punched above their weight, quite literally, because you know, the, the older fellas are twice their size sometimes, <laughs> but you know, finishing sixth last year and um you've been, you know, teetering on that, making that top five, you know, top six kind of semifinals in, in recent seasons. But with those young fellas in the MPL squad, how do you see their role um, with the A League men's team? You know, are they they kind of are they, are they blokes to provide impact off the bench. You know, when they're at an Allianz on a Saturday night or the like, um, those younger fellas, or do you could you see them as like no, they can they can be a part of the starting eleven? Yeah, I think ultimately that's that's the objective for the club is that they that they're not just bit part contributors coming off the bench, but it's you know, how they come through the pathway of the academy and, and they go from being, you know, top-level Sydney FC NPL players. For us, that's still youth players. And then how they transition to not just become a squad member of the first team, but hopefully, you know, become a starting 11 player and a serious contributor to the first team. Um, that That's kind of, you know the ultimate aim and and something that kind of motivates us every day to try and make the players to be the best version that we can. And and in years gone past, Jimmy, we've sort of seen, I guess, the the, the same young names on the bench for Sydney FC in the in the A-League men's, you know, and the last couple of years it's probably been, you know, Adrian Stegacic and, and Jaden Kacharski. Um, this year, as Sean mentioned, you know, we've seen a, a purposeful pivot towards youth for that first team. But something I've also noticed, I was going to ask you about, um, it seems like those youngsters, they're all actually competing with each other for for two or three spots. 
because you're seeing Glasson, Camillo, Lacey, um, Amenatidis, you know, they're all, they seem to be changing up nearly every week on that bench. So is, is it a case of um, horses for courses, depending on what the game plan is or, you know, is, is it something else? Yeah, look, I think ultimately, um, Uffi now would be making decisions for his, on his bench composition, I'm sure, of what he feels he would need to to make the most impact in order to get a result. Um, but moving a step back from that onto the players, that that is the challenge. You know, we we talk about a visual with the players. You, you come you're coming through the academy and you're coming up the age groups, and you know, once you get from the 16s, you jump to the 18s, and all of a sudden the the kind of filter or funnel. Mm. Um, start and and then you have to get all the way up to the MPL. Some guys fall out before making that point. Some guys make it out of the top, out of the MPL and into our first team. And then that starts a whole different challenge because that then you're you're competing against the likes of you know Joe Lolly and mm. Ryan Grant and Luke Bratton, who are you know excellent professionals. Um, you know, kind of legends of our league if you like uh, joe obviously with a with a very good playing career overseas as well so then then they have a, an even more difficult mm. task of they're not just the best youth player anymore but how do you take the spot off a, a off a season yeah. professional yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we do our best you know to try and help them in their academy journey to prepare them on a mental kind of toughness and resilience level for that um, mm. part of their development pathway. But unfortunately, until they get there, you can't really understand the feelings and the day-to-day -day challenge where you're not only competing with, you know, Joe Lolly or whoever it might be in front of you, but you've got your own teammate trying to take your spot, like you guys mentioned. That's it. And transfer windows. And transfer <laughs> windows and, and injuries, you know, yeah. and injuries and, yeah, all that goes into it. So... Yeah, for the youth players, I think that's a that's a real critical that's a real critical kind of stage for them to and, get through. And, and it's hard, right? Like you hear you hear all over the world about young players, you know, having patience and resilience. But when you're dealing with 16, 17, 18 year old boys in particular, um, I'm sure that, you know, there aren't there aren't too many that that have uh, oodles of, of patience and resilience. So it's another challenge that, you know, you've got to sort of deal with. And I guess the best ones, you know, the best ones will eventually learn that and 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 either get their opportunity with us or, or elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that, that I think is, is, you know, if you look at some of the boys who have made it through her because, you know, we could tell at an early age how they dealt with their setbacks so they had a little setback. Maybe they didn't make a national team, a junior national team, or maybe they didn't get to play NPL before other guys in their age group, but it didn't stop them. It didn't stop their motivation or their drive. And so there's no surprise when you see some of the boys in the A-League now, both playing for our club and for other clubs who have shown that in their younger, mm. in their younger years. So, yeah, mm. that's, that's good to see. And, and Sean mentioned there, you know, you've decided 18 and 19 year olds wasn't a challenge enough for the MPL Sydney FC squad. So you've, you've gone down a couple of years to 16 and 17 year olds. Um, but remind us, Jimmy, because um, as an A-League club, we've got different rules to other clubs within the MPL in terms of overage players. So yeah. an Aaron Gerd, for example, who's 22, can he play for you guys this year? Yeah, so we are eligible to register anyone under the age of 23 okay so yeah in an ideal world we could have um, a team of 22 year olds but obviously uh, for us strategically within the mm. club um, it makes sense to have somebody aligned to kind of where the first team is because yep. you know yes we want to win games uh, come and watch an MPL game none mm. of the players or the <laughs> staff like losing but for us, it's it's not a it's not a win at all costs. We understand that we're not the first team of the club. Uh, we understand that we want to help develop players who who one day will win at all costs because we know for the first team that's that's important and uh, we're we're 
a big club who have a mm. you know, history of success. But, you know, so we've taken a kind of strategic decision, if you like, to explode, expose uh, what we believe to be a really um, uh, highly talented and high potential group of players now. Mm-hmm. There's not necessarily yeah. a minimum age. Like they, you know, not going to end no. up. No, we've had um, Gus Hoosloot, who's now obviously part of the first team. He made his MPL debut. I think he was just turned 15. I don't have the uh, exact data in front of me. Mm. So obviously, yeah, Sean. You're good enough, you're old enough. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you're good enough, you're old enough. Or or the, the other way is you're someone who we see potential in. So, yeah, I mean, look. If it was to try and win more games, yeah, we might go with older, more experienced players. But for us, we believe that we're we're in the in the kind of space where this is a team of players who have a real chance to to make it as a professional, mm. ideally in our first team. Um, That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's and it and it's good. I suppose that my question was more like for for those not not fringe starters in the A-League men's, but the younger boys um, that do meet those requirements. So as long as they're under 23? Yeah, yeah, under 23, they could yeah. potentially come back. And then and then that's a, that's a discussion and decision made as a collective group of staff from A-League whether they need minutes, Academy, whether minutes, they the need minutes or, or yeah. whether they, yeah. Cool. Ah, oh, very good, very good. Um, might talk about a few individual players, if that's okay, Jimmy, uh, okay. as we talk about the NPL season. Um, a couple of names we've seen on the fringes uh, this year already, uh, both yet to make an appearance, but Joe Lacey and Wataru Kamijo. Yep. Um, I believe uh, I believe they're both midfielders, but what can you tell us about uh, those two those two gents? Yeah, so uh, Wataru um, Kamijo is a 2006, so he's he's this year he's going to be an under-18 um, player for us. Um, excellent kind of technician, if I could use that as a descriptor. Uh, competent off both feet, can pass the ball 60 and 70 metres with his laces, with his instep. Um, yeah, uh, very comfortable with the ball under pressure, can get away from players. Um, yeah, really nice kind of holding midfield player. Okay. Um, not Not really close... In style, but a little bit like a Luke Bratton potentially. Yeah, okay. Luke, Luke's obviously got a very nice passing range, and um, you know plays a lot of killer passes, and is involved in a lot of the good things for the first team. Wataru has, you know, showcases some of those abilities. Joe Lacey is actually uh, like a number ten, so he's okay. yeah a, a a bit more if you like in the Anthony kind of Caseras mold, where he's more of a playmaker further forward in midfield. Yep. Very hard working, very competitive, and and Joe's actually shown um, some good ability where he where he scores goals as well. So, um, and then Joe is actually one year group younger than Wataru. So Joe is actually this year only in two in two thousand twenty four is only an under seventeen. So he's yeah, right. very young. And obviously, one of those players, like you said, that the club sees that potential in. You know, they've they've taken a really early um, decision to, to sign him up for a, a contract for next season. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, that was a decision made at, at the point in time of someone who's got extreme potential. Yep. And yeah. One that we thought would be worth investing in. And, and Hayden Matthews, Jimmy, uh, making his debut for the, for the senior team. I thought personally he was one of the best on field on Saturday night. Um, he did not look out of place in that back line. He was fantastic. Only 12 months ago, you know, he's under 20s, gets a few NPL opportunities. And uh, what can you tell us about, about Hayden and his uh, a meteoric rise to finding himself, you know, with a contract and playing in the senior team? Yeah, you know, that's kind of going back to what I mentioned before, where everyone, you know, peaks um, at different ages. You know, fair play to Hayden. He, he had you know, a two-year period of really kind of horrific injuries with us around the time where he was 16 and 17. One of them actually occurred on our training field. He he broke his leg really quite badly, was, was out of the game for 12 months, obviously had to go through a really lengthy rehab process, 
you know, we, we already knew at that time he was a very intelligent centre-back, makes great decisions, you know, kind of good, the right sort of build. He could head tackle, bring the ball forward, all the right ingredients. And then obviously suffered the injury setback. Um, so you never know. Are they, do they still have the same level of motivation and desire? He did. He came through. He he came back. He played under twenties. Then he then he played um, last year in the MPL. He was a captain. He's a very good leader. Very steady temperament. Um, yeah, re- really kind of nice leader for the change room and and that dynamic. And then yeah, so to see him excel in the MPL last year, and obviously then be rewarded by the first team with a contract we weren't overly surprised that he would do that well in, in the first team. So for us, it was really rewarding, but I think also for him, because, um, you know, for him and his family to have gone through what they went through, some Mm. players around that age group can sometimes give it away. And he's persevered and had the moment he had on the weekend was, was I think excellent. It's a good, good lesson for young players that they're not always going to have this forward upward trajectory of just going from one team to the next or one representative opportunity to the next and you're going to have setbacks. And mm. and then that comes at an interesting time in his life because he's finishing year 12 and then the next chapter of his life and maybe he might have kind of moved off into a different direction. So hats off to, to Hayden. He was fantastic last Saturday night. Yes, indeed. And, and I was talking to Sean earlier, Jimmy, you know, when he did come back, he's competing with Nathan Paul and Aaron Gerd, right, who have, who have both gone on and... And do and I think you might have switched to a three at the back at one stage last year, and and that's when Hayden sort of started getting a few more games. But yeah, a great story. You, you know, Sydney FC since he was twelve years old. So uh, these are the stories that us as as fans absolutely love to see. Yeah, yeah. Look, him similar to Jaden Kacharski and some of the other boys who are now in the first. They were actually fans themselves. Yeah. You know? Um, they're in with the boys in the cove and they're singing <laughs> the great photos of them when they're young boys, that's at, it. you know, Allianz what's supporting the first team. So I think that's a really nice story as well. They, they really love the club and, um, and then have come through the pathway and now representing the club is, is, you know, really nice to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Richie and Como. Uh, is a bit of an excitement machine. Um, he obviously had has had a bit of a success and, you know, some some recognition with the national teams. I think he went off and played the Under-17 Asian Cup, um, which I watched. I actually watched a few of those games live because uh, there were so many Sydney FC players involved. Um, is it is it possible, you know, we'll, we'll see him a fair bit in the NPL this year and on yeah. either wing back, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So he's, Richie's a left footer. Yeah. Uh, Left, left kind of specialist left fullback. We actually have a really uh, nice dynamic this year where we have three left backs. So right. it's an issue for the staff because uh, obviously we need to try and fit them all in between the yeah. Um Yeah, so he's one of three with with uh, Max Barado, Jacob McLaughlin, and then and then Richie. Uh, they're all at a, an interesting stage in their career where they're all trying to push to get through. But yeah, you know, three players. Richie included, it's not to not give Richie the credit he deserves, but, you know, three players who we think could come through. Um, yeah. So we're excited to see how that how that little internal battle goes down amongst him the and, uh, Him and um, maybe Zach DeJesus on the right back. He might he might yeah. get a few minutes for you guys. Yeah, um, yeah. So Zach, Zach's registered for us. Um, yeah. Obviously, pending his A-League commitment, yeah. the, the fixture schedule... Yeah, um, Zach will feature with us when whenever um, he's been made available. So yeah, two pretty athletic guys going up and down. Absolutely. Uh, and we're just curious, Jimmy, about if you got how kind of what you keep in contact with the the young fellas that have gone on loan at the moment, whether it be Raleigh St Johnny's at Stuttgart, got Harbass in Finland, Max Vartuli over in Aalborg, Sega, of course. Uh, I won't try and pronounce where he's playing because I know I'll butcher it. Um, do you get like regular loan like updates and reports for how these fellas are going? Yes. Um, obviously, since we've all moved into Sky Park, uh, the the kind of internal communications in the club is now just far easier for us because for a long time we were we were disjointed around Sydney. Um, Alex 
uh, Alec Bomirhan, obviously as part of his role, is he leads a lot of that communication, uh, both with the club and also with the player. Um, on, on a kind of more just personal level, I'll reach out to boys intermittently just to just to check in, but I leave the main football talk to to Alex to to kind of not blur too many lines there. Um, and then when the boys come back, so we've just had um, Adrian Segacic, Alan Harbus and Max Vartuli, they were on, I think it was their winter break and they returned to Australia. They all came into the club and said hello and we all caught up, which was, which was really nice, you know, because... Um, at least for me on a selfish level, there are a lot of boys that I spent a lot of time with, you know, a lot of cold mornings, early <laughs> mornings in the middle of winter in the rain where we've been uh, training. So, yeah, to see them, um, you know, on a slightly different pathway, you know, they're not with our first team, but they're overseas and, um, you know, taking the next stage in their football um, career is is really nice to see. And it gives the other young players at the club, like, here's another opportunity that, you know, you work hard and you, you know, do good things that you could also potentially find yourself on that pathway too. Thanks to the coaches and, you know, all the other hard workers there at the club. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Alex Bamiyan. What's your kind of like relationship with, with him, you know, in terms of the youthful the young players at the club, the NPL boys and and the academy? Has that helped, that, has that really helped to kind of like, yeah, monetize it as opposed to what it's been in the past. Yeah, I think so, and I think um, you know, obviously uh, Kelly Cross, who is is my boss, um, and and then myself, we, we were full time doing football within the club, and then we worked together at the time as closely with obviously uh, Steve and uh, Paul Reed. But, you know, we were all full-time on the field. So it was very hard, I think, for the club, you know, to, uh, I think, was a great step for the club to bring someone in and, and that be their sole role. Yeah. You know, where that, that that's the, where they're putting all their time and attention into. And then Alex, obviously, um, in on, a, on via a panel with both Kelly, uh, Alex, now with Uffi and Hahn involved can have discussions around which players and, um, you know, which players are going to come through to our first team. And, you know, if we have two talented right wingers, well, what do we do with the other one? Because in the past they might've gone somewhere else, you know, mm, mm. maybe onto other parts of Sydney, which we don't like to see. <laughs> less, so, desir yeah. less desirable parts of Sydney. Yeah, look. <laughs> and then, yeah. So for us, I think it's nice. And, and I think, you know, from it's nice that you know if you're a player in the academy and you're coming through and you and you start to see right I'm towards the top but I might not get a first team contract that you could still be looked after by someone in the club yeah because mm, a lot of the a lot of the youth players have been with us for you know five six years and then it's nice to be able to say yeah we can help you if we don't have something internally we can yeah. we can do our best for you externally which is which I think is a nice gesture given their commitment and service to us as well. And um, selfishly, I'm, I'm quite excited that you guys have moved back to Rockdale, back to Alinden, um, <laughs> as, as the unofficial mayor of uh, San Susie. Um, and, you know, West Botany is, is, you know, just, well, Google Maps says seven minutes. I reckon I could do it in five. <laughs> um, uh, I'm quite excited to have the MPL boys, like, on my doorstep. Um, so they're welcome to mine it for pre-drinks, um, <laughs> Gatorades and the like. Um, but but how, how are you are you, are you happy with that change back to a Rockdale? It, it's going to be quite a commute for some of the, the players who might find themselves in the yeah, look, I mean, we were obviously at VSP last year. That, yeah. that was a, a great facility as well. We, we on a personal level, um, you know, have a great relationship with the guys at Rockdale. For us, ne neither are a home ground. Both great facilities, both great hosts. Get get along with them, but I think um, you know to answer your question, it suited some of our staff and players <laughs> for a VSP, and then now we're back to Rockdale. That suits the other half. Neither suited me because I live on on the northern beaches, so it was an hour, <laughs> it was an hour and twenty minutes either way. But um, 
yeah, look, Rockdale's a great surface. So I think for mm. us, um, that 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 gives us some form of a competitive advantage. Maybe Team for all of Sydney. Maybe if they redevelop North Sydney Oval for you or something like that. <laughs> Team I'll for all of Sydney. I'll, I'll leave that to the guys. Uh, <laughs> will it, um, on a slightly serious note, Jimmy, will it cause logistical issues with all of the underage teams playing at Sky Park by the looks of it, but your 20s and NPL not? Would you have many players, you know, sticking around to back up and that sort of stuff? Yeah, or? we do, but we we put the fixtures on different days to avoid that. And okay. actually, it, it actually helps us because um, a lot of our, um, if you call ben players that are on the bench in the mm -hmm. NPL 20s, if we play on a Friday night at uh, Illidan Sports Centre in, in Rockdale, yep. then they can go back and play in the under-18s and under-16s on the Saturday. So gotcha. our aim is to make sure players get enough competitive match minutes every weekend. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of one strategic decision that helps us oh, to good. achieve that. that yeah. yeah, excellent. And hopefully um, in the not-too-distant future, hopefully Sky Park can be, you know, hosting NPL games, I think. Yeah, I, I'm just going to let that one uh, go Slip. through. No. <laughs> yeah, no look, but yes, in an in an absolute ideal world, that'd be that'd be great, and and rightly so. From Football New South Wales, there's some um, you know kind of venue requirements to yeah. be in to be in PL one, and we we agree and support those requirements. Yeah. So it's just how how we can get to that point. But I think yeah, in an ideal world, that'd be. Beautiful for us. I'll have, a, I'll have a word to the board there, mate. Don't worry. Leave it to me. Um, speaking of round one and fixturing and, and the Linden, um, the A-League fixture won't help you um, because we're both uh, we're both on Saturday Saturday night or Saturday evening in round one. Um, you're at the Arctic Circle, Christie Park against uh, Spirit. I almost called them koalas then, but at, uh, at Spirit. Um, have you been able to, this might be a stupid question after everything we just talked about, have you been able to settle on like a starting 11 or <laughs> does it depend on the day before who's available sort of thing? Yeah, look, unfortunately that's that's the reality for us because it can be the day before the A-League squad gets confirmed and then and then obviously there's a there's a flow-on effect. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's, that's the final decision, David. Obviously we... We have assessed, you know, our group over, I guess, what you would call a pre-season period. And then we'll have some guys that we think, right, these guys have absolutely deserved the starting spot. Um, but, yeah, the final, to answer your question, <laughs> the final decision comes down on Friday afternoon after A-League training. Sean, I feel like Jimmy's depth chart, like when you're doing those lineup 11 things, like it's got like six names in each position, yeah, yeah. Like just in case. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case, um, mate. That's a brilliant. Thing. Look, we'll we'll leave it there. Um, we covered a fair bit of territory in in not too long a time. So really, really appreciate your your insights on that, mate. And um, honestly, uh, for anyone that's listened to Sky Blue Stories before, they they hear Sean and I um, probably talk probably dedicate almost too much time to the NPL sometimes because we just absolutely love it. We love watching uh, we love watching the the community football on on whether it's a Sunday afternoon, Saturday night, or a Friday night. So. Mate, thanks for everything that you do for the club um, and absolutely all the best to yourself, Kelly, uh, Maddie Sim and the rest of the academy coaches for the season ahead. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for having me.